Hey everyone, I'm Leah Jacobson, and if you use essential oils, you've come to the right place. As a certified clinical aromatherapist with over a decade of experience, I'll be guiding you with practical information without learning complicated chemistry. This will ensure that you and your family stay safe while enjoying the benefits of essential oils. Enjoy season four of the podcast as we read through my latest book, Using Essential Oils Safely. Now let's get started. Hey everyone. We had a really great question that was sent to our Facebook group using essential oils safely, and it was about a bug spray. So there are a few things that concern me about this bug spray. Number one, is it safe? Which I do not recommend that it is safe to use, especially for children. And number two, is it effective? So let's take a look at this. This was again submitted in our Facebook group using essential oils safely and people do submit different recipes and things that they have seen on the internet to see is this safe and effective. So let's take a look at this recipe. It is 80 drops of rose geranium oil, 80 drops of lavender oil, and by oil the assumption is essential oil. Um, Not, it's not always the case. I wish people when they're referring to essential oils actually say essential oil and not oil because oil can be infused, but I digress. 80 drops of citronella, 80 drops of thyme, 40 drops of cedarwood, 40 drops of eucalyptus, 40 drops of peppermint, 20 drops of basil, 20 drops of clove, and then four ounces of apple cider vinegar or witch hazel, and then distilled or filtered water. So it is recommended that these essential oils along with the four ounces of apple cider vinegar or witch hazel and then the additional nearly four ounces of water be added to an eight ounce spray bottle. So let me continue to read through the instructions and then I'm going to dissect this. The instructions are to combine all of the essential oils and the apple cider vinegar or witch hazel in the eight ounce glass spray bottle to top off with distilled or filtered water, screw on the sprayer and shake well, apply label. And to use, you want to shake well, then apply liberally on exposed skin every one to two hours while outdoors. So there are notes along with this recipe suggesting that although a lot of people do use vodka, that it could sting. And so that's why they don't use vodka as the base. But I would like to point out, um, and they say sting on an open wound or freshly shaven legs. I would like to point out that apple cider vinegar and potentially witch hazel also can sting, especially the apple cider vinegar. Um, They go on to say that it makes for a very strong bug spray, which works for anyone buried in the woods in the country to keep the backyard mosquitoes away. They also recommended that you could get away with a half strength using half the amount of essential oils if you want to stretch your essential oils. They also recommend if you don't have the citronella that you can use lemongrass as a replacement. So I just want to point out this, I do have, I have no idea about the the person that created the recipe. I'm only seeing like a cut and paste of the recipe. I am not familiar with the blog or anything, but 
I just wanna say you really need to be very careful where you are getting your essential oil information. There is a lot of problems with this recipe, so let me go ahead and dive in. So the concerns are, number one, the amount of essential oils in this recipe. Per my calculations, there are 484 drops of essential oil, and it's for an eight ounce bottle, which translates to 60 drops per ounce, which is a 10% dilution. So this is rather high. Um, the 5% is still probably a little bit high. Um, I recommend more around a 2%, 4% is usually the higher level. So 5% isn't terrible, but 10% is rather high. So just, just off the top, you know, 10% dilution for a bug spray is, is quite high. But let's look at the essential oils specifically that are in this recipe and let's look at the safety first and then we're going to look at the efficacy. So for, so we have rose geranium, which is a combination of rose and geranium. I know that seems obvious, right? But it is actually a combination. It's a co-distillation actually of rose and geranium leaves um, or flowers, depending on what the distiller decides to do. We have lavender, which honestly, I have no idea what lavender they mean because it simply says lavender oil. There is no indication of a botanical name and there are several different kinds of lavenders. So we have the most common lavender, which is Bulgarian or French. It has the botanical name. I'm just checking in my book right here just to make sure because I'm gonna talk about a couple of other lavenders that I don't talk about too often. Um, but Bulgarian and French lavenders, the botanical name is Lavendula angustifolia or Lavendula officinalis or Lavendula vera. And those, that lavender is safe for all ages and that's not a problem safety-wise. But what if someone grabs their bottle, because again, it's not specified in this recipe, someone could grab their bottle of Spanish lavender, which has a botanical name of Lamandula stoches. Well, the problem with that is it's not safe for pregnancy. It's neurotoxic. It's not safe for breastfeeding because it's neurotoxic. It's not safe for pets because it's neurotoxic. And it has a topical max dilution of 8% because it's neurotoxic due to the camphor content. So if you're grabbing your Spanish lavender, you are going to be under the 8% dilution, yes, but you do have that risk of neurotoxicity. And it's not safe during pregnancy. So if you are creating this recipe so far, could possibly not be safe depending on the lavender that you're using. If you grab your bottle of spike lavender, then it's not quite so bad. It does have a topical max of 19%, which is a bit higher based on, again, the camphor consent due to neurotoxicity. So that's probably a pretty low risk, but still, who knows what lavender you're gonna grab, right? Or what lavender that you have or which lavender that they're recommending because there's no botanical name. So moving on to the cit citronella, Citronella does have a topical max, but it's much higher than this recipe, so that's not really a concern. Then we have thyme oil. So there are lots of different kinds of thyme, and some thyme does have safety issues. And again, 
no botanical name listed here. So you would have to figure out which time that you had or which time to purchase and which time is safer than the other times because some are not going to be safe to use. Um, then we have cedarwood. Cedarwood is the next essential oil listed in this recipe. And again, no indication of which one. There are several kinds. We have eucalyptus oil. We have peppermint oil. Um, eucalyptus essential oil is not recommended to use around children under the age of 10 due to slowed respiration and labored breathing. Same with peppermint, not recommended for under age 6 due to slowed respiration, labored breathing. In eucalyptus, it's due to the 1,8-cineol content, and in peppermint, it's due to the menthol content. Eucalyptus can also trigger convulsions in those prone, and eucalyptus can trigger asthma. So, so far, we've come up with um, several of the essential oils recommended are not recommended during pregnancy. Um, they are not safe for under age 10. Uh, potential neurotoxicity, depending on which one used. So let's move on to basil. Basil essential oil, similar to thyme, can be very problematic depending on which basil that you use. Most of them are actually potentially carcinogenic unless you choose specifically the linalol chemotype of basil. There are so many different kinds of basil out there, so you have to be very intentional and specific when purchasing this basil oil. And then finally, we have clove essential oil, which is blood thinning. So, so far, if you get so just to reiterate on the clove, if you get bit by a mosquito, it could bleed a little bit more than you want um, if you have used this spray. So this is why you really need to make sure that the information, especially the recipes that you are grabbing off the internet are actually safe. And so far we've discovered this one is not going to be recommended on for anyone that's on blood thinners, even if you're taking a baby aspirin, for anyone with asthma, for anyone under the age of 10, uh, for anyone who doesn't want to expose themselves to something that's either neurotoxic or potentially carcinogenic. So we have all of those safety issues right there, right? Now let's look at the efficacy. So in my research, when I created my own bug spray, I discovered there are a couple of essential oils that have been shown to be very extremely effective. And I'm actually not seeing either one of those in this recipe. <laughs> so let's start there with the efficacy. This recipe could be somewhat effective, um, especially if you did in fact use it at the 10% dilution, which again is rather high because of the safety issues for humans in this recipe, um, I can imagine that is actually not going to be the best for bugs either. But let's take a look at some of the essential oils, two of the main essential oils that are actually going to be effective for repelling bugs. And that is going to be bourbon geranium, Egyptian geranium, and lemon eucalyptus. Now, if you're saying, okay, Leah, lemon eucalyptus, actually contains citronellol, which this recipe also contains citronella oil, so what's the big deal? Well, let me tell you the big difference between citronella oil, which 
yeah, we get it. There's citronella candles, a citronella this and citronella that. And we have been programmed to believe that citronella is actually the best at repelling bugs, but it actually isn't. Citronella oil actually contains, I wrote some notes here, between five and 45% of citronellol, whereas eucalyptus, lemon eucalyptus contains around 80%. So if we believe that citronella essential oil is amazing for repelling bugs because of the citronellol content, why don't we take a look at lemon eucalyptus that has double the citronella content? Now, it doesn't make sense because the essential oil is called citronella, but it only has half the citronella that lemon eucalyptus has. So imagine how much more effective lemon eucalyptus is. Now, according to PubMed, and I do have a link here and I will share this recipe with you also, it is free. Um, according to a PubMed, PubMed link, 32% lemon eucalyptus oil provided 95% protection versus a 40% formulation of DEET, which provided 100% protection. So personally, because of the risk of using DEET, I will go ahead for the 95% um, protection. And again, lemon eucalyptus oil has almost 80% or around 80% citronellol in it. So yeah, it's not going to be the same as citronella. And the reference in this recipe that you could replace lemongrass oil if you don't have the citronella, I don't recommend doing that. Lemongrass essential oil does not contain enough citronellol. It also has a very low topical max dilution of 0.7%. And in a recipe this high with 80 drops citronella oil, that would be, well, that would be over 1%, almost 1.5%. And that would be over the topical max dilution if you follow this recipe. So I don't recommend that. Um, lemongrass essential oil also is not recommended to use on damaged or broken skin. And it does have drug interactions, even if inhaled. And a couple drug interactions if ingesting, which I don't recommend. And it's also not recommended to use topically under the age of two years old. I was just referencing my book, Essential Oil Profiles, quickly for that information to make sure I had that all correct. So um, lemon eucalyptus is going to be way more effective than the other essential oils in that blend. And if you remember a few moments ago, I mentioned bourbon geranium and Egyptian geranium. Now, why two geraniums? So my bug repellent is actually useful for ticks as well. And the bourbon geranium has the best research for repelling ticks. The Egyptian geranium has the best research for repelling mosquitoes and other insects. So the rose geranium that's recommended in this recipe that we found online that we had a question from, um, somebody that asked me, is this going to be safe and effective? Rose geranium is not the same as Egyptian geranium or bourbon geranium. It's different. And depending on the amount of plant matter from the rose and geranium plants that are distilled, you are going to get a very different GCMS report. You're going to get a very different constituents than you would from Egyptian geranium and bourbon geranium. At minimum, 
the geranium in there, whether it's Egyptian or bourbon, is going to be diluted with a rose, which doesn't have that research backing up that it is going to be effective for repelling insects. So um, just to recap, this recipe includes some essential oils that are not going to be safe for a lot of people at an extremely high dilution. And it is not going to be as effective either as other essential oils that are known to be super effective. So if you are interested in my safe and effective recipe that I've created, you can find this in the Learning Center. Just go to leahjacobson.com, click on the Learning Center. It's a yellow box that you can find. You can enroll for free in this free membership, and you can find the insect repellent spray recipe that is effective for ticks and bugs by clicking the Recipes tab in the menu. So I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask. And I hope you have a great day. This is Leah Jacobson, empowering you to use essential oils safely. I hope you learned something new today. Tell a friend about our podcast so they can learn too. All episodes are available at leahjacobson.com slash podcast. To get a signed copy of my book, or to access the course which contains even more information, jump on over to my website, leahjacobson.com, slash book or slash course for those resources.